0: Welcome back to Love and Grit, folks. I'm Laia. I'm Justin.
1: And I'm Rachel.
0: And most weeks we champion the talents and arts that exude from Philly's finest. But today we talk to two people providing love and give back to their city, both answering different calls for help during the pandemic. Gina Harris uses her relationships and passion for collective work in the food industry to feed thousands with her West Philly bunny hop. Oh, and listen up, because we got your favorite trash man, Terrell Halliger, here to tell his story of how cleaning garbage has inspired him to activism and writing a children's book. And it all kicked off at the height of the pandemic. You need to hear these stories. But first, around the Billy Babes, what we talking about, Justin? What event are we most looking forward to this spring
2: and summer season?
1: So I'm glad we are doing this again, because in our last episode, I said that there's so much happening in 2022 that we have to be on repeat, because Lai has given me a question like, really? We already talked about this. Well, we are talking about it again. Okay. And... I'm looking forward to Keith Haring, A Radiant Legacy. He's a pop artist born in Reading, PA, and he used city graffiti as the inspiration for his colorful works. And this spring and summer, the Michener Art Museum will have more than 100 of his works. So I'm looking forward to that.
2: The Harry Potter exhibit at the Franklin Institute. It's already opened. Everyone's raving about it. I can't wait to get there.
0: Y'all know what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to all the film festivals being back in effect, like everything not being so virtual this in year. In person. Yeah. And so, of course, my favorite film festival in Philly is Black Star. So of course, for August, I'm looking forward to that. And us just really being able to I feel like this is the year of our really coming out since the pandemic started. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is the summer when we're gonna get it. I hope. Yes. Let's keep pushing for it. Yes. Absolutely. And get the show started. Some people use the words collective work. Gina Harris does the work and her work is all about Philadelphia's hunger crisis, which post-pandemic impacts an estimated one in five residents. So Gina and her partner, Katie Briggs, decided to hit the streets of West Philly to feed the people on a mission they call the West Philly Bunny Hop. And this isn't your average moving food pantry. We are talking about fresh food provided by institutions who believe in these ladies' mission. Wait until we start talking about how to rescue and redistribute food I don't know what that is either, but I want to help.
1: How on earth did you come up with the name West Philly Bunny Hop? So
3: it's really cute. I love the name. Yeah, it's very cutesy. Obviously, the work is not necessarily cutesy, but what happened was Katie and I decided to start distributing food in our neighborhoods right as COVID like was spiking. It was right before Easter of 2020. So we were like, bunnies, springtime, like what you know, and it kind of just came together and we just kept rolling with it. I love it. You didn't yeah. even
1: need a focus group. You know, it took us a while to come up with love and grit over here.
3: Yeah, I I love your logo and everything. Oh, thank you. Team effort. So
2: Gina, like you have a lot of things going on. How do you keep your focus and what is your focus on?
3: So always my goal is just trying to figure out how I can help other people do what they need to get done. Making connections, making it possible for people to like have a network and a support I've been lucky and fortunate. I have a lot of good people in my life and I know... That's what gets you through like harder times. So like food is easy starting point because we all need to eat. You know, that's what I used to tell my family when they're like, why do you want to cook? Like, what is this important to you? And it's like, well, we all need to eat. So regardless of who we are, what we have going on, we have to have a meal in our day. So that's kind of what got me started. You know, I always worked around food. I worked in restaurants when I was younger. I was going to ask um, you about
0: that. I saw yeah. that you used to work for Whole Foods, the organization for a long time as well. So like... How did food enter your life?
3: I started in restaurants. I worked for Whole Foods. I've always been in the kitchen. You know, I spent a lot of time in the kitchen with my mom. You know, I work in a grocery store now. (laughs) Um, Not something I ever imagined I'd be doing as an adult. Food has always been part of my life, and doing food work just seemed like an easy way to connect people. You know, well, can you tell us a little bit
1: about Riverward's produce? What makes this stand out? And mm-hmm. you even mentioned keeping the quote unquote ugly produce and what what exactly does that mean?
3: Yeah. So Riverwards is now, we're about to be two markets. We're getting ready to open a second store. So as a grocery store, it's a market. We try our best to support local makers, local economies in that way. So inviting vendors in locally is one of our goals. Also having produce that's accessible for our neighbors, try to keep staple ingredients cost-effective, like people can come in and get potatoes and eggs and milk, you know, not break the bank. It's a balance. That's why the ugly fruit, yeah that's how that gets in there you know we do dollar bags hopefully nothing goes to waste
1: so how do you minimize food waste within your operation
3: so besides trying to sell the stuff that's maybe more ripe more like you know whatever on its way out you're going to cook right away we dollar bag those if we don't dollar bag it we donate it and if we don't donate it we compost it It doesn't go in the trash hopefully it doesn't go in the compost bin you know that's always Mm -hmm. the goal.
0: In contrast, can you tell people, like, how much food you generally grocery stores or restaurants get rid of that can be used? Yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, prepared foods is a big one. Bread is like fills the donation rooms like there's always bread. People have to go to pantries or go to a soup kitchen or something. They don't even want the bread half the time because like it's been around. It's always around. But it's like the nutritious stuff. And that's why we do this with bunny hop is produce is hard to come by. Mm -hmm. We were fortunate to be connected to farmers and that became central to our work. Is like, you know, we could distribute food, we could do prepared foods or do canned goods and do the things everyone does. But fresh food is harder to get in these situations. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it was really important to me and Katie that we kept that on even as we were trying to figure out what else we could do to like increase our reach, enhance, you know, fill in the gaps that people are asking for because people request different things. Today, I got a request on my phone from a neighborhood distribution. They want cucumbers and I have to like look at, well, cucumbers are kind of expensive right now. So like, I would love to get you cucumbers, but maybe I have to get you green squash or zucchini because the market price, that's what I do now currently at Bunny Hop is purchasing. Mm -hmm. Initially, we were all donations, even the produce, and then we had to figure out how to turn donations into purchasing fresh produce. So that's what our focus is now is like buying fresh produce for fridges for distributions, nobody gets paid to do bunny hop. So I'm in this good middle place, I can work around food and be connected to produce. And then I can use that to help push the mutual aid effort.
1: Full circle. I know you contributed to the anthology, How We Stay Free. That's a collection of written and photographic work about the Philadelphia Black Uprising, which was published in February of 2022. Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
3: Yeah, Chris Rogers and Fajr Mohammed at the Paul Robeson House got a grant to put together this anthology this collection so I was invited to contribute to it along with I don't know how many people it's it's a lot but it's amazing cuz there's so many people I admire they invited black folks around Philly who are doing organizing or participating in the protests and uprisings and actions or natives to Philadelphia to like comment and like give their account of their time in June through the summer of 2020. And they, I got invited to write about West Philly Bunny Hop and how we built a network with our neighbors to like keep this going. Where are you from? I'm from Albany, New York. So let's
0: talk about this. Cause you moved to Philadelphia, why?
3: I moved to Philadelphia from Texas. I lived in Austin. I moved to Philly because I wanted to be around Black people. And <laughs> initially it was like be around Black people and also like cook food for more people i'd started catering in texas community focused catering and wanted to bring that to philly and recognizing that there's really a rich culture here of black community and i missed that when i lived in texas and i took it for granted when i lived in new york it was really important for me to like be back on the east coast and be somewhere where i felt comfortable to be myself so that's how i ended up here
0: And so talk about now why you feel a commitment to this town. I always tell people that people who move to Philadelphia from out of town have a different appreciation for this town. So I just Mm -hmm. I kind of love to hear people express that and why you have this love and why you feel like now I'm here, I'm staying and I am going to make this place even better than before when I came.
3: Ever since I've gotten here, I've just been like invited in. I wanted to come here for the reasons I said and I thought it was just gonna happen. I thought I was just gonna dive in. I didn't get to necessarily do that. You know, I had to like actually meet people. <laughs> I, get <to> people. <laughs> I thought it was gonna cook for everybody. I was like, I'm gonna cook for everyone. You know, my food catering name is Food Everyone Deserves. Like, I'm gonna cook for everyone in the whole, all of Philadelphia. It's like, but I don't even know anybody. And you're like, do you, do you <laughs> I don't even know a billion really people yet? I need. <laughs> yeah. And so that took time, but there's this pull every time I leave and I like go visit family or I go out of town. It's kind of hard to get going. And like, I am so happy every time I come back. So that's like an affirmation to me that the work I'm doing and the people I'm around here, you know, it's right. It's a fit. That's a great Good answer.
2: Up. I love that answer. Yeah. What do you have planned? What's next?
3: Ah, um, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, after the store opens. She said, child, it's enough. My like, goodness. I, <laughs> I want. So I'm engaged and like thinking about. Being married and starting a family, that's, you know, where my mind is at but I'm going to keep building distributions and working with the whole Bunny Hop team to launch fridges. That's the plan for the near future. You know, it's hard because things start and stop. You know, a lot of times people pop up and do stuff, but being able to sustain it is really hard. It's the
2: sustainability. And especially during the pandemic, right? People had more time, were more aware. Now Mm everybody is a bit more busy and there's a lot of different things going on in the news and the world. So it must be tough but people are always hungry.
3: Yeah, exactly. And that's why these fridges, they're for everyone to take from and also to contribute to. Maybe you can't make it out so you donate money. Maybe you go buy extra groceries. You know, there's ways to do it and keep it going, but it really takes everyone. Bunnyhop can't feed the whole city. I would love to feed the whole city, but I know that's not possible. I got to start with the people around me. That's what I try to encourage when people ask me, like, how do you do this? How do you keep it going? It's like, well, you just start with the people right next to you. Y'all probably look out for each other. You work together. You check in. That's where it begins. People think you have to keep it going continually. It's like, no, you also get time to like be taken care of. You know, it's not just like giving, give, give, give. You know, you have to be able to refill your cup.
2: So, how wow. can people help?
3: For Bunny Hop specifically, you go to bunnyhopphl.com. That's our website and it has like all of our handles, our Venmo, our PayPal. But you can donate to the fridges around you. Like, there's literally fridges everywhere. So, if you see one a stone's throw, if you just take a stop, There's the information there. We recently got a grant from the Philly Justice Food Initiative. So like, we're okay. (laughs) So, you know, it's hard to be like, send it to us. We give it back to our neighbors. I think it's more important that people understand that you can do it. Even if you do it once in a while, you can pool money together with your friends and like just set up some pop-up tables and put some groceries out. Because also why I'm here is people in Philly actually care about each other. They can help each other. You can look down your block and like if everybody threw in 10 bucks a week, you could have all the cucumbers you want. That kind of stuff is what keeps it going. If you like recognize the lesson in it, you're getting fed and nourished in all these ways too. Finally, your
0: favorite trash man has made it to love Brit. Terrell Hagler has been stealing the hearts and minds of everyone who has access to him on social media. Why? Because he isn't your average sanitation worker. He cares about his city and the people who clean it and wants to make sure we understand the bond between the two. What started as a mission to get more PPE for his sanitation brethren has transformed into pure motivation, inspiration, activism, and even a children's book.
2: So how did this all start? Take us to the beginning. Right off the bat,
4: okay. So I was a sanitation worker in 2019. I started December 30th. We all know Corona hit March, 2020. By May, June, 300 sanitation workers had contracted COVID. It was hush-hush, it wasn't in the papers, it was nothing. But what was in the papers were that we were four days behind, that we were lazy, that we were using sick time, we was using PT, like we were all these things. And I was just like, I have a big personality. I'm also 5'5", five five, so I have a little bit of Napoleon complex. You
1: look so tall you in your 55. Oh, shut up. I, mean, I am 5'5". Five five. Wait, how are you using the camera angle? <laughs>
4: That's too many secrets. You got to pay for okay. that.
1: Okay, What? How, how, do, how do you make me look skinny in the camera angles if <laughs> you, <laughs> you can look so much we can, taller? We can, we
4: can talk off camera. We can exactly. talk actual Thank though, Rachel. Thank you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so... So I have a little bit of Napoleon complex. And as I was talking to my higher ups, I didn't feel heard. I didn't feel seen, I didn't feel acknowledged. And I was like, I'm from North, right by Temple's campus. So like, you know, the motto is somebody don't do for you, you do for yourself. So a lot of people don't know, my first profession was theater. I've been in theater since the age of three. I was a professional dancer. Are you a freedom baby? I am a freedom baby. Okay. I am a freedom baby. I started freedom theater at the age of three. And I three. I ended up teaching there uh, oh, that's amazing. They What's your favorite form of dance? Mine was lyrical jazz. Even though I'm 32, mm-hmm. I live my life like a 92-year-old. When I'm in the car, my kids are like, turn on Power 99. I'm like, shh, Steve Harvey's on. You got to be You got <laughs> to relax. My kids hate when I beat a DJ because it's, it's Donnie Hathaway, Luther, and, and Stephanie Mills. And my, my <laughs> youngest daughter, like, what is this?
1: Oh. <laughs> Oh.
4: So, all of that, I'm like, I'm starting an Instagram. I started showing all the things that we were going through with hopes of just the public shifting their mindset when it came to sanitation workers. No one ever knew anything about sanitation workers.
0: No. even going, What I knew is that they make more than everybody. That's what I knew. And that's a lie. I was making $30,000. That's no, all hold on, I was on, Pause. Because I remember being on the radio like 15 years ago in the Philadelphia magazine. They had a whole listing of like careers in Philadelphia and how much they paid. And I remember looking at the sanitation worker and it says something like 90 something thousand. And at the time I was like, Oh my God, I make so much less.
4: So, it might've been a driver and the length oh. of time who has been there for like 25 years. It's not for, I had a guy quit on me our second day. We were new Our training wasn't all extravagant. We went to work in between training. It was like, go up there, learn this, and then go do it tomorrow. Then come back, learn this, and then go. Like, that's how our training was. Mm -hmm. And the guy was running the handles, which means compacting all the trash. And trash shoes came out the truck and just splattered. Oh, no. I I quit. Yes, I'm out. He took his gloves, Mm -hmm. threw them in the truck, asked me which way was Frankfurt. That is the last time I saw him. So with all that being said, let me answer answer your question, Justin. The Instagram started picking up because this was wanted information. People wanted to know about sanitation workers. And like I said, I don't consider myself a comedian, but I like to have fun. I like to joke. When I started the Instagram I told my friend, if I get to a thousand followers and crack a good joke every day, I'm good. But I just didn't know the need for that type of communication from the sanitation department. So when I started posting and everything, and I've always been someone who helps somebody, I've always had that in my
1: spirit. So when I had about 10,000 followers, and at that time I hired my friend. As and for an- the record, you now have 30, just so that listeners yeah, know, but I, go I said, ahead. I, I yeah. just wanted to acknowledge that show um, off. But my friend became my manager because she
4: has a degree in marketing. So I'm like, well, shoot, you have a master's degree in marketing and journalism. You could tell me what to say. And so it's just a really good mesh between us two. And the rest is history. She was like, do this. So I started selling these T-shirts and I raised $40,000 in four weeks from Philadelphia buying these T-shirts to buy PPE and cleaning supplies. Then Good Morning America wrote an article. And then while I was on the route, David Muir called
0: me. Whoa, he's my favorite 630 man. Uh-uh. I didn't know who David Muir was. Mm-hmm. Of course, man, you be working. Maybe you're not. So he was
4: like,
1: hey, Terrell, this is David Muir. I was like, I don't know what David Muir. He was and like- And how'd you get my phone number? <laughs> literally. All, all, and I'm at work. And I'm right? at work. So Excuse make it you. This is a bill collect. Why are you all personal? This is a new approach? <laughs> right. So he was like, oh, you've never heard of me?
4: I kind of got a popular show on A.L. Oh, oh,
0: oh, you the worst. <laughs> so my, my
4: driver is like 60. I said, excuse me, hold on. I call him OG. His name is Simon. I said, OG.
1: Shout out to Simon. Who is David Muir? He was
4: like, "What? what? David Muir? That's the man. That's this that and that." He's like, "Why you ask?" I said, "Oh, he on the phone." When I tell you, he pulled the trash truck over on. Oh, yes. we were on the
2: expressway. He went. Stop up, it. Like, oh my gosh!
4: He went across three lanes in the Simon. Trash Simon. Truck. That Simon. That's David Muir. Come on. Got, got off at the nearest exit and was like, "What are you saying?" <laughs> <laughs> Put them on speaker. Put them on speaker. I'll be really? quiet. He's I'll be like, quiet. On <laughs> so I put him on mirror I was like, well, I know you're at work, but if you have time, we'd like you to shoot some footage so you can be on our show tonight as like our person, of the, the person doing cool stuff. And before I could say nothing, Simon's like, where do you need him to go? <laughs> <laughs> so I went from Good Morning America to David Muir. And then four days later, Kelly Clarkson show call, and then I was on Kelly Clarkson. In December, Joe Biden administration call. I did a Joe Biden commercial. If you let me tell it, they played my commercial in Georgia and New Mexico. So I know we flipped Georgia, and I, I don't think Biden did it by itself. Shut up. <laughs> you know what? My friend called me at a Hawks game and said they played my Biden commercial during a Hawks game. So I'm just saying, but Joe did pay me back. He invited me to the White House last Fourth of July, so I spent my July Fourth on the South Lawn. Okay, okay. Um, the menu, please. Oh, it would—they had everything. I think it was Jill that probably coordinated the food because we had vegan. We have burgers, french fries. What color was
0: the potato salad?
2: It wasn't no open potato salad. <laughs> and I appreciate
4: that actually because we don't like everybody potato salad. If you're
1: yeah. going to do it, do it right.
2: That's yellow the, is the correct
1: yellow answer. Yellow is right? the correct answer. Yes. Yes, sir. Ah, yes, sir. Okay. Y'all take him out. Y'all take him oh, out. He's he he going, okay, okay,
4: okay. he going to cook out. He's going to cook out. And at the bar, I look over, it's Dr. Alice Stanford next to me. Yeah. Oh my yes, God. Philadelphia, Philadelphia like, yes, Reunion. Yes, Philly. I said, Dr. Stanford. She's talking about your fave. I said, you know me? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I love that. Okay, you get to the White House. What are you thinking? Like, what's next? Literally, I'm sitting on the South Lawn. He had ice cream.
4: <laughs> Fireworks are going off at the Lincoln Memorial. And I'm sitting there with my manager. And I'm just, because, you know, she helped me get here. And I'm just like. Cleaning Philadelphia got us to the White House. and She was like, that math is real interesting.
1: (laughs) So can you talk about Trash to Treasures?
4: Sure. So that's
1: my nonprofit.
4: Our mission statement is that we want to help people find the treasure inside of them through charitable, economical, and profitable events and programs. So basically, I want to be a resource hub for community. One of the things I've realized being Black, being a male, is that even being a father, there's not a lot of resources for us. There's a lot of, this is what you shouldn't do. There's a lot of, this is what other people are doing. But when you have someone and you just ask for help, there's not a lot of resources. There's not a lot of answers. So, I want to be that resource. If somebody has a record and they want to go work at Hup Hospital, they can come to my nonprofit and I can help them get expunged. If somebody is experiencing food insecurity, I have resources. I can get you two boxes of groceries. Right? Like if somebody needs a job, I got a few resources that will hire them on the spot. So that's what I use my nonprofit for. And we still do the neighborhood cleanups. And now I'm adding voter registration to my cleanups. So my mom passed away November 1st, 2020, my biggest event with my church, we fed 1,500 essential workers. Wow. And then we drove into my church parking lot. We picked groceries, hand sanitizers, all that stuff in their trunk. And they drove away. We were setting up the night before. And the very last thing my mom said to me was, your fave trash man is going to be the vehicle for you to change the world. She was 55 at the time. Oh my God. She was like, so many people in my generation, we pass down problems. We don't pass down enough solutions to the younger generation. She said, solve the cleaning problem so some little girl at a public school can grow up, not have to worry about it, and cure cancer.
2: Hmm. Because
4: what we're doing is just recycling the same issues that every generation is trying to solve. We don't open up and create space for new problems to be solved. So diabetes is still a thing because the streets are still dirty. And we can figure out the streets and then maybe figure out education and then maybe figure out homelessness. And then maybe, then we we give space to figure out sickle cell. We give space to figure out cancer. We give space to figure out lung disease. So that night I promised her, I was like, mom, I'll use your fave trash, man. If I can clean Philadelphia, then that, that's it. And she said, just use it to solve issues that are generational. So that's the passion for Trash to Treasure. That if you look at yourself as trash, I
2: see you as treasure. All right. So we have big news. Yes. We're going to be at the Roots Picnic. Loving Grit. The podcast stage. How excited are we? June 4th and 5th at The Man. We're doing a live version of Loving Grit at The Roots Picnic. I cannot wait. I am so excited.
0: We're visit Philly, so we have a lot of giveaways. I just want to plug that, plug, plug, plug. Ain't Absolutely. no other podcast
2: gonna be having giveaways. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out what I'm going to wear.
0: Well, it's going to be hot, Jessica. Yeah. Keep it light. Rachel, can we go through the Love & Grit list? Maybe get our outfit from one of the Love & Grit spots for uh, Roots Picnic. That's
1: cute. I like that. All right,
0: lots of planning. Not me included, though.
2: You can (laughs) follow us at Love Grit Philly on Instagram, Twitter, and now on TikTok. So we'll see you there until we talk to you next time. Bye.